So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode nine of season eight, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Lindsay confronts Blaine about how he really feels in their relationship. Justine has an emergency C-section. Taylor tells her girls that she broke up with Chance. Sean and Sarah move into campers. And Melissa reveals her nose job to Louie. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, Things are going okay. Yeah. How about with you? I mean, same old. It's the the doldrums of the year we get to now. Just long stretch before spring break that we get to. Yeah. Yeah. My spring break is extra early this year. It is because Easter is extra early this year. Well, well, so I'm in a district that doesn't care about that. And so we just – I don't know what it is, but this district has – like uh, spring break really, really early. And so I think it kind of like evens out the year a little bit. Uh huh. I think it's funny because I think now that I think about it, my spring break that I'm like, holy crap, it's early is like usually when you have your spring break, like yeah. at the end, of, like the end of March, whereas mine's usually in the middle of April. Oh, yeah. No, mine's going to be smack in the middle of March this year. So mm-hmm. it's really early, but there is no break for these people. So, well, maybe a breakup. So why don't we get started with that? So uh, Taylor and Chance. So Chance tries to talk to Taylor, telling her that he always loved her. And Taylor says that she feels like she always loved him more than he loved her. He admits that she probably did. He apologizes and says that his intentions were always true. He says he was never given a fair opportunity to make her happy. Taylor says that life happens and that when it got difficult, he always pushed her away. He says that it's hard. Taylor says it's not her job to save him and she always was good to him and helped hold him down. She says that if he really loved her and cared that he would have treated her right. Chance says that he doesn't know what else he could do to believe that she really is the most important thing in his life. And Chance asks for a hug, saying he doesn't know if he'll ever see her again, just being super dramatic. And then he spats and says, okay, well, I guess I'll just get lost. Taylor doesn't want to hate him, but she's wasted a lot of time trying to play his games of nice and crazy. Chance is having a hard time believing that Taylor is 100% over it, and he says he will fight for it later. So later, Taylor is doing crafts with her daughters. She's talking to Jaqueline, Athena, and Sophia about her breakup with Chance and how he won't be around all the time. They ask her questions about, like, why? Why did they break up? Is it because (laughs) he yelled at her? And Taylor navigates it by saying that she was just sad by things that Chance did, even though they both loved each other. Athena, the youngest, expresses sadness that they will never see Chance again. And the oldest, Sophia, says... That's what happens happened with all her other boyfriends, and she's actually happy he's not going to be around because he was rude and not very nice. Jacqueline says that she will miss Chance because he bought them stuff, and he was funny. She also brings up the fact that he cheated, and that's not fair. Jacqueline then goes on to expand that the cheating she was talking about was in a game that they were playing. <laughs> They then ask what they should do with the rings Chance gave them, and Taylor says, well, they can give them back if they want. At that moment, there's just, like, a loud noise, and Chance comes rolling down the street, slouched, like, 
He's trying to ghost ride the whip in a white Escalade with the stereo <laughs> blasting. He tells them he got the car for them. So Chance thinks the Escalade is just a small token of what he will do to get things back to normal. He traded his truck for this. He wants all of them to know uh, that no one will care for uh, Taylor and the kids like he will. Taylor tells him that she just told the girls that they broke up. Athena gives him back the ring, which makes him realize that he broke his promise that he made to the girls. Chance asks if he uh, came clean on anything, on everything. Would that do anything? Because then he would. And Taylor tells him not in front of the kids. And she tells them that they can meet up later to talk. Chance thinks there's a fighting chance. So he's happy. <laughs> Jacqueline asks why Chance came back if they're broken up. And Taylor is clear with the girls that the car is not theirs to keep. <laughs> and that they are still broken up. All right. So uh, what did you think about Chance's grand gesture? Do you think it's enough to get Taylor back? I, I, I think at this point, no. Like, because, well, A, a grand gesture could have, right? She, we've seen how much of a pushover she is, how she's, right. how she's relatable. Rolling up, like, low riding in a Escalade. white Escalade is not what she needed to see. That was not like, no. look what I did for you. I got an Escalade. Like, no, that's the problem. We, I don't, right. not, we're not a luxury SUV family. What are you doing? Right. Like, so, yeah, it, to me, it was like nail in the coffin. She already was pissed about you buying the truck in the first place. So what are you going to do? Trade the truck in and make more poor financial decisions and buy an Escalade instead. Right. If he had traded the truck in and been like, oh, look, I have this Kia here that I traded it in for. And here's the cash that I have from the truck right. that I can have these events. Now we'd be talking about something, yes, right? That would be a grand gesture. Also, I think the other thing that was like really weird is there's something going on with Chance, right? To me, he just seemed either oh, no, yeah. really hungover. Sure. Possibly drunk currently or mm -hmm. high on something. But there was – he looked – a mess. He looked like sweaty, like he hadn't showered. And mm -hmm. then just his behavior, like, I got this for you guys. It's just like, I was just what you. is this? And then it was also like, what if I just came clean about everything? It's like, no, like that's not a, all right, all right. That's, all right. Well, let me just, this one time, just give me an amnesty and I'll come clean about it. No, you needed to be honest the whole time. It's like, it's, we had the same conversation we, with mm -hmm. Joy and Red, right? Honesty is not something you like, okay, well, I'll be honest today. Right. And now, but tomorrow, eh, I don't know if I'll work so hard on it. But today I'll be really honest. It's like that's not how honesty works. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a good sign too that Taylor was telling her kids that they were broken up and told right. them this doesn't change anything. Because I think, you know, it's like one of those things where – it's easier to kind of change your mind when it's only you, but I hope that she recognizes that she's a mother and that she can't just change her mind. You know, it's setting a bad example for her kids, and I hope that she realizes that, you know, and it's just not stable for them. It's just not good for them. Yeah. I mean, well, it's also not good for them to hear the things they've heard, and it right. kind of bothered me that, that Taylor was like laughing that off. Like the yeah. cheating thing, we were, it was kind of a fake out, right? It was like cheating. Like we were playing Monopoly and he like kept giving himself $500 bills. It's like, okay, right. well, that's 
not what we're talking about. And then the next one's like, yeah, but what about like the boyfriend you were yelling at him about? And it's like, okay, well now they definitely right. heard too much. They actually yeah. heard that. They were like, is he going to live with his boyfriend? Right. She's like, yeah. boyfriend? Oh God. <laughs> but she was like, ha ha ha, you guys She's hear too like, much. Oh. Like, that's like, that's not ha ha ha. Like they should not right. be hearing that and have an opinion on that. And I really feel bad for, um, that so was it Sophia, the one that the oldest one. Oh, the oldest one, yeah. yeah. Sophia is not into chance at all. But she's not into but she's also just like, it's really sad that somebody that young has just been like, whatever, another dude you brought around that's gonna be gone again. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Like, whatever. I've seen this movie before. It's gonna right. happen again. You know, that's also not a very good sign. Yeah, and I think it's like difficult too because um well, I shouldn't say difficult for us, but I mean like they definitely painted this picture like, you know, Taylor wasn't like a serial dater at all. You know, they definitely sure. made it seem mm-hmm. like, you know, Chance was like her last chance at love, you know, like one of those things like, oh, poor Taylor, you know, her Just stuck being a baby single mom daddy to three died. kids. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and definitely painted this picture, but um, only the two younger ones, I believe, are from the same baby daddy. And so, like, the older one, she's been around for possibly, you know, Taylor making other kind of questionable dating choices, you know, so, yeah. Know. Yeah, it was it was definitely kind of a red, red, red flag here. I don't know, it just... It's it's it, it's just so stupid and annoying at the beginning, right? When Chance is like, my intentions were always true. And it's like, but they weren't. Like, <laughs> they weren't. What do you talk – where where were you? And then the thing that bothered me – and it's kind of like the key thing about Chance and the reason he'll never get ahead and the reason until he – unless this changes, he's not going to realize it is, you know, he she's like, well, what are you going to do now? He's like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just go get what I want because it seems like everybody else is always getting what they want. And it's like, Chance, you've never stopped doing that. There was right. no point where you didn't just stop getting everything you wanted whenever you felt like it, right? And th- the news flashed to him. Everybody else does not just get what they want all the time because they feel like getting it. That's yeah. not how life works for anybody. And yeah. so like if he's going around thinking that life's unfair because I have to make sacrifices and choices, but everybody else just get, gets to do what they want all the time, he's got a skewed version of what life is like. Right. And I think like his and I think what makes his situation worse about like going after what he wants all the time, you know, and kind of being selfish about it is that he always does it like jumps right in impulsively with zero plan. Right. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's not like I'm going to work for what I get. It's just like, well, I, right. I deserve it because there's no because just because I deserve it because I deserve it. Well, like, I, I think he would probably argue, you know, like I spent all that time in prison and I got nothing that I wanted then. So time to make now is my time to shine. Right, but you, why did you spend that time in prison? Because you wanted money and you just right. took it from someone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, that's when you got it. Um, right. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if Chance stays out of prison if what be, we saw on this episode like continues. Because well, we know he's already we already know he he's up? back in trouble. Like uh, we've seen on on Starcasm and stuff that he's in the kind of trouble that can land you in prison already. Right. right because I was going to say, and, isn't that his whole thing? Like he was high on something, and that's why it emboldened him to go into the bank and just be like, "Hey, give me your money." Yeah. I'll that's, ask that's real exactly nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll just jump. Let's just jump from one of our dumbest guys to the other one of our dumbest guys. Oh, and we'll talk Sean and Sarah. Yeah. Um, so Sarah is just like Facebook living on, on, the, on the show to whoever her fans are or whatever. But because it's their moving day. So this is the first we've heard about moving day. Right. And she tells us they're moving because they're broke. 
and they can't really afford their current house anymore. So we see Sean putting the indoor hot tub, what we saw from a previous season, onto the flatbed of his tow truck. So the move was prompted by their landlord, or at least the story is their move was prompted by their landlord raising rent uh, to the point where they're just about to the point where they have to live out of the tow truck. And of course, while he's moving boxes, Sean is like, why couldn't we hire movers? And Sarah's just like, because we're, we don't have any money. Um, so anyway, Sarah says that her step – she says her stepdad this time, but we're later introduced as her mom's boyfriend. Yeah. Um, his name's Johnny and he is the one who secured them a new place to live. And we're going to find out by secured them a new place to live, it means unloaded his trashy uh, property onto them. Oh, God. Um, so – they leave the keys on the counter and they get in their two cars, uh, which is, I guess, the last load when they're moving out. And they drive to this new place. And we just kind of see them driving farther and farther out into the boondocks. Like there's fewer and fewer houses and they're turning onto like almost dirt roads. Uh, they both say it's going to be a huge downgrade from where they were before. So they get to the property and the only thing we see at first is like a really big house that's completely burned out. Like there's nothing in it. It's just charred remains of a house and like just the trash and the the debris from that just all over the ground. So later on, we hear that it's the property. It, it's property that Johnny was has been trying to unload. It's an eight hour <laughs> eight eight acre property that's like rent to own for like forty thousand, and he's trying. He's only asking them for eight hundred a month for it, which is. But Sarah says they'll they'll figure something out about how to live because uh, the only building on the property is the burned down house. Mm -hmm. So it looks like the plan for them is just to live in a couple of tra camper trailers and maybe using the shed as a closet and a laundry room. I'm assuming it has power and Sean's just not like forgetting about electricity completely. Cause he's like, <laughs> we'll put the washer and dryer in there. Um, so anyway, then Sean has to call Kelly to let Kelly know the situation. So Sarah's hoping for some grace from Kelly in terms of the child support. But of course, we are we know we know already that Kelly has been letting things slide on child support so far already. Um, so uh, Sean says that their moving is going to save them like three thousand dollars a month. Even though I don't know how it could possibly save you three thousand dollars a month because you're putting like, into, or I'm hoping you're putting something into this. Right. Well, and even if they're just paying the rent, right? It's eight hundred. Yeah. If it's spending three thousand, it's thirty eight hundred a month. They were paying for rent for that house. They they were not doing that. No, I because I, I I zillowed it and I looked. You can get like a five bedroom house that's like two twenty five hundred square feet for like two thousand in that town. It's like <laughs> they're not saving. I don't know where he gets that. So anyway, he tells Kelly that he's camping full time now. So he explains that he they brought prop they bought this property because and I don't think she hears the end of that sentence because she's just like you bought property you owe me all this money why are you buying stuff, um, but it was because the rent was crazy and all yeah so Sean explains that it, it it's just him spending a little bit extra now up front so it's going to save money in rent in the long run so that he can meet his obligations, so a few hours later it's time for a campfire and s'mores with Sarah's mom who apparently. Apparently, Sean can be in the same room with her now. Like, we didn't yeah. hit a resolution for that, but they're, like, right next to each other, like, I know, yucking right? it up. And and Johnny, and they kind of leave with this happy, hopeful music playing, despite the fact that they're living in trailers on a yeah. abandoned farm. Like, it's not really the happy ending I would have gone for um, in terms of that. So, I guess if you had to trust somebody to, you know, renovate this burned-out house – 
Would it be Sean or would it be Chance? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, Sean, I would say. And I have I know nothing about Sean's ability to fix up homes, but I know so much about Chance's inability to fix up homes that I would trust someone who knows nothing and has zero experience over Chance. I I, I might because, yeah, because at least Sean is probably going to like go to YouTube Right, and, and try to like, look it up. And try to like, look it up. Like, he won't just assume he knows it and then <laughs> right. do and some then, half-assed job. Right, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, they're both not good with money. And the other thing that I was thinking of, you know, is when he's saying he's uh, saving $3,000, isn't that they're currently, um, you know, like their rent wasn't really a difference of 3000 but he said that the landlord raised it significantly. So maybe the 3000 is what they would have been paying if they had stayed. Yeah, I just there's got to be a place that's cheaper than that's somewhere in between three thousand for a townhouse, which is yeah, like which is not which it depends on what part of the country you're in, right? Sure. In the Bay Area, yeah, you're that's a steal, right? Like you're you're, yeah. you're doing great, right? But in middle of nowhere Ohio, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, I can't remember if they have animals too, but I think that would like. You know, factor in animals makes it animals does make it trickier. I just I I I this is whew, boy, this is gonna be this is gonna be rougher than I think it and I think it is. And it yeah. does kind of bother me that Sarah is the one out here being like, "Oh my God, we're broke! I can't believe you're spending all this money." And she had two cosmetic surgeries like within right. the past year. Like well, those yeah. are not cheap, and it's like. And she just kind of swipes that aside. But I felt bad about myself. So that's okay. I obviously had to have those surgeries. And it's like, yeah. not any more than he needed that truck. Right. Or the random hot tub that they couldn't live without either. They got yeah, that, that on that tow truck when they were moving to the campers. I was yeah. Like, is, oh, that gonna, is that going to live outside now? I mean, it was an inflatable hot tub. But right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like Which a real Which is like, why nice it was weird tub. to me. Why don't you just deflate it to like move it along? That would have been smarter. Yeah. Said we did go get the visual of him just strapping this huge truck that can, you know, we know has the capacity to carry a car. Tons, <laughs> tons and tons because it carries cars. And yeah. he strapped an inflatable hot tub to the top of it and drove around. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, they're both not making good financial decisions, but I think the way Sarah kind of sees it is Sean continues to not make good financial decisions like on a daily basis right and you're right i don't know if it is that much different than sarah being like okay well let me just make these gigantic purchases but i do think i will credit sarah with i can imagine that she spent more time saving for the procedures than just impulsively getting it because the thing that Sean and Chance have in common is, well, you got to spend money to make money. And so they're just freely spending money thinking that somehow this will, there will be a return on their investment. Well, they're also both suckers, right? They're both like, they're both like, man, I got this shitty ass limo that I got to get my, I got to get my hands off of. This is just sucking money. Who would, who, what idiot would buy this? Chance, call chance, right? right? And it's like, I got this broken tow truck or I got this condemned property with a burned down house on it. Who can I get to buy this thing for me? Oh, Oh I got an idea. Call Sean. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, and but but they both are like, I'm sure that Sarah wasn't like, oh, these boobs just fell on my lap. I had no choice. It was such a deal. I had oh to take it. Oh my gosh. Both Sean and Chance are in the. It was such a deal. How could I turn it down? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to maybe a little bit better news, and that was Justine and Michael. So Justine and Michael, they go to the doctors, and the baby is healthy, but. There's something they want to talk to Michael's mom about. Justine is extremely nervous because the doctor told her that the baby is big. The doctor is concerned about the size because Justine is just too small for the baby at this moment. That means that the baby could come any day now. Santana's in the background holding a fake baby for some reason. And Justine is worried about what she would do if she was gone. Like, didn't quite make it through childbirth. And she looks to Kylie to take responsibility. Kylie doesn't like that Justina's talking like that as she cries. Michael tries to reassure everyone that he will be there for the family if anything were to happen. There are hugs all around. Later, Justine is tired and feeling sick. Maria, Michael's mom, says that they need to go to the hospital. Michael gets the bags and the kids saying that Justine is in pain and the baby doesn't seem to be moving. Michael is worried that this could be a medical emergency, so he wants to get to the hospital. He's worried that there isn't a lot of space for the baby, which could rupture Justine's uterus. And it's been a decade since Justine had a kid. Justine is going to have a C-section and the doctors and nurses are going through all the potential complications. Justine is getting really nervous, but not too soon after they have a baby. Justine seems to be a little bit out of it, but she's so happy to hold the baby. They have named their daughter Manhattan Barbie. Oh, we're coming back to that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She has a complete head of thick, full hair. Michael says that this is different because he hasn't been around for the very early stages of his children since he was in prison. So they come home with the baby and the kids all want to hold the baby, but she's just sleeping Kylie jokes that she's lazy and needs to wake up. Melody, Michael's daughter, thinks that she is so cute and she just cannot wait to dress her up. Justine hopes that no one, meaning the kids, get jealous of having a new baby. Uh, Michael says that it should be any day that his paperwork is approved, so they're waiting and anxious to get out of this house because the house is just too small and they've kind of like learn to live in limbo because you can see moving boxes all around. Yeah, they're just kind of like living out of the moving boxes they had partially unpacked, right, right. Yeah, so Justine's mom is helping out because uh, Justine can't really move. And Maria then takes Michael's side because she's being really insistent that a paternity test needs to be done now. And Michael tells her to stop with all that nonsense. But next thing we know, we see Maria... Hovering over Justine with a DNA test box as she's sleeping. So, <laughs> my God. Okay, let's start off with the name Manhattan Barbie. Oh, my God. So, just to be clear, this mm-hmm. baby was born in the summer, right? Yeah. Right? So, right when the Barbie movie was coming out. Sure. And, and Oppenheimer was doing the Manhattan Project. Oh, gosh. This baby is a Barbenheimer baby. They literally oh, Barbie this baby. Like this poor, <laughs> poor child. I just Manhattan, like what? That's clearly well. The other thing too is, is that that if I was if you were going to tell me there's a baby named Manhattan, I would assume it was a boy. I don't. Yeah, like call him Manny for short. I guess you could call her Hattie. Yeah, well, it sounded like they're going with Maddie. Maddie. Yeah, okay. but it's like M A T T Y, which again also still a boy name. Um, yeah. But like Manny is sh- more short for Manhattan than that. It just is like 
it's just it's just funny because she's like it makes me think of shopping and things and i'm just like no it doesn't it, it makes it, me think of a city that maybe is not under the cleanest conditions yeah <laughs> I like know. i associate it with like rats and like, yeah and i like new york but like i don't know it's like new york is new york it's like it's it's i mean people have there's tons of brooklyn's right yes uh-huh um and i'm not a crazy fan of but i have never heard of a manhattan and it's like yeah, you know, Manhattan Transfer, like Manhattan, yeah, Manhattan Project, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like these are the things I'm right. thinking of when I hear Manhattan. And yeah. it's like and it's not shopping. It just it's it's a very, very trashy name. Like extraordinarily trashy. And Barbie is short for Barbara. It's not yes. Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, her kids' names are kind of Kylie is fine, but the other ones, like Santana. I guess that one's okay. They have another one. What's the other one's name? Uh, they I can't have, remember. There's there's a Nova. I know that. That's, yeah, that's, that's his. Michael's. Yeah, what, his. What hers kids? I don't know. I can't remember what hers are. But his it was kids' names are more normal, like Melody, Nova, Mike Junior. You know, yeah, yeah. those are all normalish yeah, names. The, this was so, it was just a. It was. It, it, it's just. It's such a name. It was so such a name of the moment that it was just like influencery right this is like the trying to get attention with a name like type thing that and that's that's what makes me be like why would you do yeah. that yeah well i'm sure they'll figure it out I, like we just came up with three nicknames right there you know that <laughs> they could run with because i doubt anyone's actually calling this kid manhattan no i'm, I'm sure they're going i'm sure this kid is going to be Maddie all the time, and yeah. then I have to explain. No, it's not Madeline. No, it's not Madison. It's Manhattan. <laughs> like, yeah, for their entire life. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do you think of Maria doing think, the whole horror I show? I, I think at this point it's a fake story that they put on just to have something to do. Like yeah. it, it just it, it. They've told her over and over again, and to the point where like, because I feel like if my mom kept pushing it like this. I would at some point just be like, yeah, mom, we did it. And I'm the father. We did the test. Yep. I was totally the father. Like, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. You know, I would just. I feel like Maria's not falling for that, though. Because well, she seems to be the one who's insistent on, like, apparently administering this test herself. Yeah. It's, it, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, because she's already been told it does not matter. If I find yeah. out this child is mine, I'm going to continue to raise it. Right. Like, I'm on the birth certificate as this child's father. That gives me legal rights, whether the DNA comes back or not. Yeah. Right. And so, what does it what does it matter at this point? It doesn't like it. It doesn't matter at all. And she's like, and of course, she keeps doing that same thing. Where she's like, well, I'm not accusing her of anything. And it's like, yes, yeah, you are. There's you no are. other way around. <laughs> I need a DNA test. It's like, I'm not accusing you of cheating, but I need a DNA test. It's like, well, yeah. that's accusing me of cheating. Sorry. Yeah. So why were their kids holding this fake baby? They're training for the real baby. I guess so. It's like, and it's funny because they, you know, they they're stuck on the. And as kids get older, you know, you don't. It's that is dangerous. Their immune system gets built up. But you do the the hand washing thing. But like these kids are gonna hold this baby like twice and then be like, well, that was fun. I'm done with that now. Like, yeah. like but no more go, interest. Yeah, have him come back when he can play. We'll play with him when he can play. Yeah. When she can play. We'll bring her back then, right? But I, I mean, but yeah, I wonder how much, based on what we've been hearing from, you know, what Michael's telling Melody and stuff, like how much is 
how much of a role is somebody like Kylie going to have in raising this baby? Yeah, yeah right? for sure. Like, so that's a little Well, bit. I mean, Kylie's going away pretty soon, too, and they're about to move away from Melody, so. But, they're, but Kylie's going to be away in that she's going to be in college right. in the same town. Like, because she's going to UNLV and they're going to Vegas. And then Maria said something about going to Vegas with Melody, and I don't know where that came from either. I didn't know that was on the table. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought if anything, it was the opposite. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of confused about what's what's going on there, and how they're getting there, and what's going on. I I think at the end, a lot of people are going to end up in Vegas, and it's going to be a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> there are yeah. a lot of people running around there. Yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking, of, I guess there's fewer people running around here because we stick up with we pick up with Lindsay right where we left off. She's like outside the Brado boutique, having it leaving an angry voicemail. Uh, telling Blake that he needs to get home. And when she gets back into the bridal boutique, Mom and Miley are gone, which is good because it leaves her the space she needs to rant to her friend Stephanie about Blaine's, well, about Blaine's ranting. So on top of bringing his child into this, she is also very concerned that if you are trashing me all this much and you really think I'm a manipulative bitch who hates you, why are we getting married? What's going on there? So she says that, you know, Blaine isn't the man she needs. So while Stephanie is trying to help Lindsay out of a dress, Lindsay calls her PO, you know, because she's mad about all the things. Her PO, not the lawyer. She talked to her lawyer last time. This time she's talking to her PO about Blaine's medical card. She's like, well, is it okay he has a medical card and we live together? And the PO is like, no, that is not okay. You <laughs> cannot live together if he has a medical – you shouldn't even be with him if he has a medical marijuana card. Because, again, it's federal charges she's facing and the federal government does not recognize even the legality of, of medical marijuana. So uh, he the, – the PO did approve them getting married, but the, knowing about the medical card now changes that approval. So she's going to have – so she's going to give – that's and that's going to give her like another out, right? I feel like she's just kind of doing this. So if she ends up being on the wrong side of the argument, she can be like, well, my PO said you can't even live here anymore. Mm-hmm. So she angrily rushes out of the store and seemingly speeds off. So next up, we see her impatiently waiting on the porch for Blaine to get back. Blaine says he's been out hanging with his friends and also obtaining a four-wheeler for his 10-year-old son with the money <laughs> that they don't have. So we see the flashback of when he bought it. Uh, and he got it for like 800, which he's just like, that's a steal for a boy. We're back to chance and, and, and yeah, Sean. Right. how could I turn that down? It was such a good deal. Um, so, uh, Lindsay, not okay with him buying a toy with her, with our hundreds of dollars, especially as she's like trying to scrimp and save and shake people down for money. So yeah. to get there, um, even though, even as he puts it, it's, it's a toy, it's for everybody though. It's for everybody. So <laughs> she's like, don't put that on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she abuses, he accuses her of being hypocritical because he says she spoils Miley and he just wanted to get something for his son. I bought something for my son. So at the first time he says it, says it, and then he starts screaming it like I just did. I can't even buy anything for my son. My son. Like just <laughs> screaming. So he said he, he's getting tired of always keeping his mouth shut, which is a, a great opportunity for her to bring in about how. You don't keep your mouth shut at all, do you? You just keep your mouth shut when I'm around. <laughs> um, so she tells him to go ahead and say what she, he thinks to her face. And now, instead of it to behind, what instead of saying everything behind her back, so she knows that he thinks he's, she's a bossy, manipulative bitch. So why are you here? So then he's like, oh, I don't know either. So 
it must be because he's a fool that never put his foot down. So he kind of gets the impression that if I would have stood up to you before, but now you walk all over me. And then she's like, nah, you still like ranted about me to my daughter. That's not still not okay. So then she brings up how the probation officer says that he can't even live here anymore because of his medical marijuana card. And he's like, what, you snitch? Why would you do that? Like, And then she says, well, you can't have it. He just does this awful like, but I'm depressed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So, of course, we know the card was just the icing on the cake. And really, it was the, the, the real bad thing here was his ranting and bad-mouthing her to Miley. So we come back to that. So he agrees that he owes both Lindsay and Miley an apology. And then she drops the bomb that, well, you know, Miley also says she doesn't want you to live here either. <laughs> so then he just starts to storm out. He first leaves with a baseball bag. Like it's a like the bag that kids take to baseball practice where you put a backpack on and there's two bats. I'm like, I, I don't know why he had that, but there were definitely two baseball bats. And then the rest of his clothes are in garbage bags. Um, so he keeps leaving, and while he's walking in and out, they're just yelling nonsense to each other, um, really just both trying to claim the status as the real victim here until oh, he finally uh, yells about how he's the victim because she was running off with a married man. Like, dramatic entry, and, like, that that's the end of that. So, I mean, who you got here? Because this is pretty stupid on all sides, I feel like. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know. I just they're done. Uh, but I I feel like for once, Blaine kind of realizes it's done. Right. And I feel uh -huh. like this is why he's kind of let his crazy show a little bit. Right. Um, he's just gotten so mad. I don't think he's entirely wrong in what he kind of some of what he said in the argument. But the delivery is like not helping his cause. Like he kind of said, you know, like he had established in their relationship that he just kind of sits back and takes everything, right? And mm -hmm. he doesn't really ever talk back or mouth off to her about anything. And that's part of the reason why he's kind of unhappy is because he's just kind of expected to accept things for how they are. And I I mean, that's his experience. And I can certainly see how that, that, ha that has happened because of the way that we see their dynamic. But... Just he was off the rails compared to like what we have ever seen him or really her. Like mm -hmm. he just you could see the frustration in his face. Um, I thought he was going to blow up. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is <laughs> happening right now? Yeah, but uh, she definitely if she really thought that this relationship is salvageable, I don't know if she would have told her P.O. that he had a marijuana card. No, I think that was definitely a. No, we can't. There's no turning. It's not even. It's out of my hands right. now, too. Right? It's yeah. it's out. It's done. It just is like I feel like I, I feel like he has it in his head that it was oh just to keep the peace and to make this relationship work. I just sat here and have been taking it this whole time. Mm -hmm. But what we hear him say in the background, it's not like reasoned arguments or I'm feeling frustrated that I don't have a voice. It's like. What he wanted to say back was, well, maybe if he wasn't such a manipulative bitch, this would be a better relationship. And it's like, yeah. that's not helping. Like, and that <laughs> no. just is a fight, right? It's like, that's, 
and you, it's interesting that even you said it that way. Oh, he hasn't been talking back. And it's like, right. you shouldn't be talking back to your partner. You can have a discussion <laughs> with your partner, but like giving them lip and attitude like a petulant teenager is not a good way to be like, right. and if that's, if you're just like, well, I wanted to say all these mean things about how like crazy you are, but I knew that would just be a fight. So I just sat here and just thought it to myself and just stewed over it. And it's like, well, you have to have a more productive way of coming to working through things and just wanting to call the other person names really bad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like how their relationship has kind of evolved um, to where it is right now, like it's just for the best that they part ways. You know, it's it's sad when you think that you are going to marry this person because you're envisioning your life with them and especially in Lindsay's situation. And I'm not saying I feel sorry for her at all, really, but I mean, it must be disappointing for her to feel like she's setting up her daughter for success if she were to have to go back to prison, you know, and right. to kind of see all that, all her plans uh, kind of fall apart. At the same time, I don't know. Lindsay probably shouldn't be making life choices for her daughter at this moment. Um, she can't really seem to you know, figure out her own stuff. I mean, she's certainly making progress, but, you know, it's just these two people, like, why are they together at this point other than their need and want for stability, it really seems like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of an inertia situation. It's like, well, mm -hmm. we're at the point now where I'd like to be able to settle down and you're here, so right. I guess it's with you, right? Yeah. And, but, yeah, but, it, you're, yeah, and, and, but the, 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 other issues were just way too big. And it, you can see that with the, you know, we've said it before, like the biggest issue when it's like, is this couple going to be able to make it is whether or not they talk with, to each other with contempt, right? That's always yeah. the big word. Yeah. Oh, that's all. That, that was this whole conversation was massive contempt on both sides. Oh, right? sure, sure. Yes. They've gotten to the point where they're just, there's a lot of resentment. And mm -hmm. it's like, do you even like each other? Because it doesn't seem like you it do. It doesn't seem like they do. No, no. it really doesn't. No, uh, let's take a look at our last couple that, you know, seems to be in a better place, although there were some flashes of contempt through this episode. That was Melissa. Yeah, and I, I, I mostly blame that on drugs, but yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Melissa says it's time for them to take a pregnancy test because they don't want to worry about it or be surprised the day of surgery when she has to take another pregnancy test. They have both completely lost their mind as Louis is yelling out the window that Melissa is taking a pregnancy test and Melissa is nervous about being pregnant by a pizza boy, as she puts it. Their first test is blank two minutes in and they're just worried. They're like, what does this mean? But they're relieved that the test is eventually negative. Melissa asks what they would have done. And Louis says, it doesn't matter. It's not positive. <laughs> so why are we even talking about that? Melissa then help, uh, needs help uh, removing her fake nails, and then Melissa thanks Louis for being supportive and helping out. Louis says he will support anything she does, unless it's crazy. He says that he's a little worried that it'll soon be something else, like he's kind of worried that she'll just get addicted to plastic surgery. Melissa says that she's going to ease up on him because she feels bad that it's been so hard on him since he's been out of prison. Melissa says that he's always so positive and she knows it's discouraging for him to feel rejection constantly because of his past. Louis thinks that Melissa is hard on him because she just doesn't want them to fail. Louis appreciates hearing this from Melissa, though, and Melissa says she loves him and sees potential in him. Louis wants to have sex and Melissa insists that he use a condom if they have sex this time around. 
The next day, Melissa and Louis are waiting in the doctor's office, and Louis reassures her that there's a very low mortality rate for Nova's jobs. <laughs> Way to comfort her, Louis. Uh, Louis didn't want her to have it because it could possibly change her entire face and feels like it could be a waste of money. After Louis naps in the waiting room, he goes back to get a drugged up Melissa. Louis has a chance to take care of Melissa, but he's worried how she's going to be. Rightfully so. He's hoping she'll stay drugged up and calm. And Melissa's already criticizing his driving and his ability to follow GPS. So Louis says, yep, she's back to normal. Louis is having a hard time trying to keep this ride smooth because the roads are bumpy and Melissa is just complaining the entire time. She doesn't want to drink the water in the car because it's too hot. Uh, she then, when they get home, gives him a hard time about the pillows. And she says that he's just aggravating her. And he says that he just wants her to go to sleep so he doesn't have to deal with her anymore. Melissa has her last appointment with the doctor. So this is like a month later where she's going to get her bandages off and gets to see the final product. Louis is trying to keep it real with Melissa, hoping that it will be okay. But he says that no matter what, she'll still be beautiful to him. Later, Louis plans a romantic time at the beach. He admits that Melissa's nose job kind of irritated him when he first found out. Uh, the first week of recovery, he then tells us Melissa was bitchy to him. Louis is laying out a blanket with some cheap bottles of wine. He says it's coming from the heart and he's still trying to save money and make responsible financial decisions. Louis calls his mom from the beach to tell her about Melissa's reveal. She seems happy for Melissa because that's what Melissa wanted. Louis says that he will try visit his mom very soon. And then Melissa walks up uh, on the beach to meet up with him with a scarf wrapped around her face. And we don't get to see no, what the reveal is, at least right not she's this pulling episode. It, pulling it yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, I don't know. Do you anticipate a full like, whoa, or is it just like, okay, like it looks different, but not like terribly I noticeably so. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be terribly different. I think she's just going to have go from having... What is kind of a big nose? Like she mm -hmm. had a decently big nose to a normal. I don't think it's gonna be. It's not gonna be Michael Jackson's nose, right? It's not gonna right. be a crazy little skinny. Ooh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Like it's gonna be fine. Like it's. I don't. But I don't think. I don't think it's even gonna go to the point of being like an ultra small nose. It's just like. It's just smaller. It's just everything is the same. Just you know. Shrunk down. Yeah. I had a friend in college and her dad was a plastic surgeon and she had, I, I would say, a pretty big nose. And she had had a nose job, I think, right when she graduated high school. So it was before I had met her. But her nose, like I never saw the before. I just know she had a nose job. And it's kind of like, OK, it wasn't like super huge, but it wasn't super small either. But I think like that's the thing, right? As long as it's kind of an improvement on what it was before. You know, like, I think that's what the goal is for plastic surgeons. I mean, you know, because they're it, not trying to completely, you know, wreck the structure of your nose. Right. Well, at the, yes, because you don't want to then have somebody who literally can't breathe through their nose because you right. did such an awful job on your nose, on your nose yeah. job. Right. It still is a functional body part. Right. But I don't know that Melissa is necessarily going to be. We've seen a number of these people more so, I feel like, on 90 day, but not completely. That like, like we've seen people go in to, to consult in the plastic surgery and they're like, oh, yeah. okay, so I can change this up. It'll still look natural. And they're like, nope, don't want that. Don't want it to look natural. I want to look like right. I got surgery. I want to look like I was crazy and got huge. Like, And they used to tend to see it with boob jobs, right? Yeah. Like, there are definitely women who get a boob job who are like, you know, 
the doctor kind of assumes everybody's like, all right, we're going to go a little bit bigger so you can fill out your dresses a little bit more. We're going to make them look natural. And they're like, nope, bolt it on. I want huge <laughs> bolted on balloons on my chest <laughs> that defy gravity. That's what I want. And it's like, okay, all right, well, we can do that too. And I don't think that this is a, I want a toothpick with two little holes on the end of it. That's what I want my nose to look like. Oh, I don't think gosh. it's one of those situations. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see uh, next week, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we didn't see a lot of couples this week. Uh, Chevelle Quaylen, uh, Brittany Keyrock, Eris Cameron, right. Joy and Red. And that that's kind of surprising because uh, the commercial said that next week is the finale. Oh, my gosh. Is it? Yeah. Well, so- I mean – we're not moving towards any kind of wedding of some kind. We are for Chevelle and Quaylen. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, that'll be a and shit Brittany show. And Brittany Keyrock. Are I don't think they're, they're not like they haven't been wedding this. planning though, have they? Yeah. They've just been like doing their stuff. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. All right. So out of the group you saw this week, who would you say is your student of the week? I I always give it to the person who has a baby, even if they name it something stupid. Oh, so gosh. Justine did you know produce a person with her body, so that is pretty quite right. impressive. <laughs> yeah, I went with Michael, actually, just because, like, he saw how the family was reacting to everyone being super emotional. He was like, I'll still be here for you. You don't need to worry about it. Um, and then also, like, kind of shutting down his mom. Like, yeah. no, we are done with this DNA test. I keep on telling you, stop it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, what about your dunce? I mean, chance. Just a yeah. Fool. Just being a fool. Like rolling right. up in the Escalade. Like he they rolled up the same way that Babo rolled up when he was right. like, Yo, where's your man at? He just rolled up all slow and be like, hey. Like, did you think yeah. this was impressive? It's so he just he cannot read the room at all. No, he can't. Which kind of brings me to my life lesson. It's like if you're trying to get someone back, do not involve their children. And I kind of oh, felt yeah. like this was his Ooh, kind of yeah. weird, manipulative way of being like, because even they're like, oh, we could watch movies back there. Yeah, you could watch Paw Patrol. Like he knows how to get these kids. Yeah. Well, well yeah, by giving him shit. And that's yeah. how I liked him in the first place. The, even right. the kid who liked him wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he's really nice and he cares about us. He was like, no, nah, yeah. he buys us stuff. And he's funny. And yeah. that's because he's mostly dad jokes. But still, like, that's not – that should not be the basis of your parenting relationship with someone. They yeah. buy you stuff and he tells you stupid fart jokes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, what about your life lesson? Um, my life lesson is is to Louie and Melissa. More like Louie. He kind of got the gist of it. People coming out of surgery are the crankiest people oh, yeah, on the right? planet. Like, yeah. And so, like, the idea of it, like, Melissa, everything made her mad. I was like, yeah, that's what – she had surgery. Everything – and just everybody comes out. This water's too warm. Your main pillow isn't comfortable. Uh, uh, just uh, – uh, and they're just yeah. mad at the world. Like, that was 100% par for the course. So Right. At least – he seemed to understand that. He's like, maybe if she gets some sleep, she'll figure it out. That's, that's all you can do. Just get him to a bed as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, so we will be back uh, this time next week with our season finale, it seems like. That's what I said. We'll see. Okay. Until then. All right. See everybody then. All right. Okay, bye. Bye.